blown it yet? <laughs> yeah, you don't want to say it, do you? Now, how many of you gave up on resolutions a long time ago? Raise your hands. Yeah, yeah. And so this is, of course, the deal, because when we make a resolution, then we think, okay, so here's the deal. Okay, you know, I mean, you might as well, right? The new year, new day, new decade. So, goodness sakes, we ought to at least make an effort. And so you decided you were going to you fill in the blank, you know, and then I don't know how long it took before you failed, and you've done this year after year after year, and finally you just think, oh, I'm just not feeling that way, I'm, I'm done with it, so we, we give up. We give up on resolutions, and so we call them hopes, or dreams, or maybe, maybe goals, maybe goals if you're adventurous or ambitious, and of course all of that is designed around this idea of the examined life, we, we know that the unexamined life is not good. I mean, you know, there's things about you, your nature, your character, the way you treat others, or maybe your values, or, I don't know, your health, your cholesterol, what you weigh. I don't know what it would be. But you think, I, I wish I wish it were this. You know, here's where I am, and I want to be more patient, more kind, more thoughtful, more generous. And so we ponder those things. And whether the new year is a great time to launch out on some self-improvement plan or not is for somebody else to decide. But every one of us, at some point, through the holidays or maybe as the calendar turns, we see where we are and we know we want to be somewhere else. And so we move that direction. We desire to change, to become more what God intended us to become like. And the reason we do that is because we know that He's drawing us and He's growing us and that we used to be something else, maybe good or bad, and we know that change is possible for positive or negative. And we want to be on the positive side of that. And at least part of what is driving this is our intrinsic understanding of what it means to be successful or what it means to fail. This series will in five weeks. We'll finish it on Super Bowl Sunday. And you, and here's the deal. We're not going to be a sports fan to be able to miss it. Like You're a human fan. Oh, Siri's talking to me. <laughs> so the Super Bowl will be played on February 2nd, in case you're wondering. We'll turn that down. Very good, then. I've never had my sermon interrupted by Siri. Pretty sure I can turn that off. And so as we launch into it, there's one very simple premise I want to lay out for you so that you know where we're headed. Because I have a feeling if you know where we're headed, then we'll all sort of travel there together. Okay? And so here's the, the basic idea I want you to grasp. Our views of success and failure need to be transformed from the inside out. They need to be changed. What you think about what makes you significant or what would leave you a legacy behind? What makes you important? Your principles and values surrounding success and failure, they're absolutely influenced, sometimes even completely shaped by the world that we live in because, well, we're in it. It's around us. It's talked about all the time. And it's almost impossible to escape unscathed. And you're in it all the time. So because of that, we're going to just lay this out as a, a foundational premise that we need to be transformed in turn 
have a tendency to believe will be Peter's failures. Maybe one of those comes to mind. And so one of them is described in detail before it ever happens by Jesus. And that event, of course, occurs in the night of the Last Supper. And in just a few moments, we'll take communion together, which will really kind of bring all of this together for us. In that moment, this is what Jesus says to Peter. Now keep in mind, they're having dinner together. It's a table fellowship thing, which for the Jewish culture meant it was much more intimate than just sharing food. And so Jesus is there, Peter, James, John, Thaddeus, Bartholomew, all of his friends are there, and they're having a meal. Jesus has predicted this would be the last meal, and that he, in fact, would be killed. And so in the middle of that meal, Jesus says this to Peter in front of his friends. Jesus says, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny how many times? Three times that you even, what? That you even know me. Now, when I read this, and I see it fresh and new, the first question I have to ask is this. Why did Jesus say this? Why did Jesus bring this up? Do you think Jesus is just kind of ripping? Do you think he's just making stuff up as he goes? He's just closing? No. I mean, do you think it's intentional what he's sharing? Of course it is. Why do you think he would say this to Peter, especially in front of his friends? Why would he do that? Call him out like that. That's what it seems like, doesn't it? I mean, do you think Jesus just wants Peter to know, hey, by the way, I can predict the future. I know what's going to happen. Is that it? No. I mean, they're, they're going to find this out soon enough. When he dies and is buried and comes back to life, and what he said is true, everything he said is true. Why would he say this to Peter? Is it to shame him? Is it to embarrass him? Is it to give him a resolve? That won't happen. I, I won't think. Is it to keep him from denying Jesus? I mean, it's almost as if the same thing that happened to Scott Norwood. Right before he made that kick, and before he did the kick, and missed it, right before that kick happened, the opposing team, the Giants, called a timeout to Isaac, you know, give him a moment to really think about it. And that anxiety kicked in, right? So Norwood goes to the sideline. What Mark Lee did, the coach at the time for the Bills, what he pulled Norwood to the side and said, hey, I just want you to know, I'm pretty sure you're going to miss this. You've not made one this far on grass anyway, so don't worry about it. You're just going to miss it. That's fine. It'll ruin your life, but whatever. It'll be over in 30 seconds. No, of course he didn't say that. He pulled aside and said, you're the man, right? You've got this. Failure's not your deal. This is going to, we're, we're going to win this. You've got this. You've got this. Of course he did that. So why would Jesus say Peter? And he said, no. This is what's going to happen. You're going to. I 
so many people that can do so much better than you. You know, not bad for, for you. Maybe next time. Or maybe it's much worse than that. Some of you have a critic that is very vocal and very condemning. You always fail. You always mess this up. You always fall short. This inner critic that speaks to you, that speaks of failure, and is an enemy who is asked to sift you like wheat because he is formidable. And if he can keep you stuck in shame, or if he can keep you stuck in a place where you feel like you aren't enough, or that failure is central, listen close. Our view of success and failure has got to be transformed if we're going to become who God has called us to become. And so there is Peter. And Jesus said, my friend, I pray for you. Your faith should not fail. And so Jesus just knows what's going to happen next. Now, listen close. What do you think Peter thought? The moment the rooster crowed and he had denied Jesus three times. What do you think he thought? Shame, failure, and disappointment. Of course he did. But what does Jesus say? Your faith will fail. So once this happens, Peter, once this happens, here's what I want you to do. Just repent and turn to me again and minister to the people around you. That's all. Just pick it up. You know, don't have a self-pity party. Just move on and understand that your faith has not failed. What do you think it looks like when faith fails? Somebody denying Jesus. That's not what Jesus thinks. And what Jesus thinks will trump what I feel. And it trumps what you feel. What Jesus says is true, capital T truth, for all people, all places, and all times. So Jesus says, Your faith will not fail. When you repent it, turn to me again, strengthen your blood, and strengthen your brothers. Jesus 